This episode of Melvin Meets His Match contains strong language and adult themes. Hello, I'm Melvin O'Doom. Now, most of you know me as a radio and TV presenter where I've interviewed some of the biggest names in music and film. But you may not be as familiar with my not-so-successful dating career. Well, that's all about to change as I share the highs and lows of my love life in my own podcast, Melvin Meets His Match, brought to you by Tinder. I've invited some of my oldest and newest celebrity friends to help me improve my dating game, and something tells me they're not going to hold back. So let's not hang around, let's get into it. Okay, so today we have a real treat for you on the podcast. One of them is hilariously funny. The other is Joel Domit. Today, we are joined by Joel Domit and Hannah Cooper. How are you guys doing? (laughs) We are doing fine. Yeah. Fine. I feel like you're not too sure about that. Yeah. That uh, question, it's, Hannah. It's, it always takes so long for me to set up the audio equipment for podcasts. It's always a stress on a, any relationship when you're trying your best to make your wife look and sound delicious. No, I feel like, remember those... A to Z map arguments in cars <laughs> that you remember your parents having. Yeah. I think that this is the modern day age mm. of that. Like Joel thinking he's a producer, a writer. It's like there's so many cables around us and nothing works. And he keeps buying equipment thinking that he's like a legit podcaster now. And I keep having to stop it happening. And he's claiming everything as business expense. And I, I just, nothing works. It's very stressful. It's like, I I think that like buying a thing means that you know how to use it. <laughs> and that is not true. Well, I think you sound good. Okay, good. And I think you look good. So you're, you're good to go, guys. Thank God. Now, I've asked you to come on this podcast because I'm looking for advice on how to improve on my dating skills. Are you both up for that? Very much so. 100%. Yeah. I hope so. Or you'll it'd be pointless you being here. Now, some of our listeners may know about this story already, but when I first heard about it, I couldn't believe it. Now, for those who haven't heard it, could you remind us of how you guys first met and started dating? Do you, Joel basically tells every single person we meet because yes. he just loves the idea that I slid into his DMs. So mm-hmm. I don't, do you want to tell? <laughs> yes. Well? She uh, slippity slid into my uh, dig, dickity D's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I slid into Joel's DMs, but I also would like to add that I was a little bit tipsy. Mm-hmm. So I think she's still tipsy now. <laughs> I think she hasn't sobered up yet to find out that she's with me for the rest of her life. Guys, I want the full story. I want the whole story, the one that I know, the one that all of our friends know. So I was in the jungle and I came out of the jungle. I did an an interview on this morning with Adam Thomas. We were at the after party. We were pretty drunk, I think. And we were doing this interview and I think you were at a party at the same time or something. Mm. And you are like a lunch or something and you saw me on TV when you were with your friends and you were like, who's that? And they were like, oh, it's this guy called Joel. He was in the jungle. And uh, you're like, okay. And then you just like liked a few of our pictures. That makes me sound like I'm a very loose data. The only reason why I sort of just went with it is because I was 
living in Miami for a few months before I met Joel. Hence, like I say, I did not see the jungle because I do sound a bit like one of those stalkery fans. In in hindsight, I'm like, oh, this could be a massive cover-up story. But genuinely, I hadn't watched the jungle. I didn't know who Joel was. And in Miami, the dating scene is very different to London. It's I met people that were dating for a year and were still not official and you would date five people you go for a coffee and it means that you're dating like it's all very relaxed very strange and very sort of no labels to anything so when I came back to London I sort of took that attitude with me and I thought well I've got nothing to lose it was Christmas time I had no plans I was sort of one of the last single ones of my group and I thought well he's a comedian I've never really I didn't even go to a comedy gig before I met you so Hannah what was your type before Joel then tall, dark, handsome. No, I... <laughs> Knows his way around uh, audio equipment. No, you know? I, I sort of prided myself on sort of pick and mixing. I do think I sort of have dabbled in a lot of different categories just to make sure that I've, I know that I've experienced everything before settling down. Mm. I definitely felt like I was at that sort of stage of life. Okay. And then I thought I'd just go funny. (laughs) (laughs) The last one on the list, essentially. Fair play. So hang on. So what's the story that I've heard about you being catfished by someone that looked like Hannah? Is that true? No. 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 So that was a different story where I was catfished. This is before I met Hannah. Right. I'll tell a very short version of it, but it's like, it's basically a very modern like love tale uh, basically this this person online messaged me and said they were like attractive and i was very naive and so ended up having skype sex with them and uh, as you do melvin you know <laughs> yeah yeah all the time <laughs> all the time in fact i was contacted later on by someone else who was catfished by the same person so they were making a channel 4 documentary about it because that's how many people got caught and uh, he went to me um I was uh, talking to this person for about 18 months before I finally got the courage to sort of say like, oh, maybe our relationship's strong enough to have Skype sex. How long was it before you had Skype sex with this person? And I literally just had to go 20 minutes. <laughs> it was literally like 20 minutes and I just whacked it out. I mean, I got called out as well, Joe. Did you actually? On Did you? Skype. Yeah, yeah. Like, so it was, the t- it was before you realized that you, you had catfish. Yeah. And so it was someone who used a video of like a, a pornographic... Me too. ...like image with no sound. And it was like them typing away. They pretended to be from Australia. And they were like, my mic's not working, but they'd send me messages. Mate, this is exactly what happened to me. I bet it's the same person. It's probably... Was she brunette? Yes. Um, brunette, tan? No, she yeah. was actually blonde in the photos, though. Blonde. Oh. Okay, no. This one was a brunette from Australia... Lovely. Well, I thought she was lovely. Could be a dude. Who knows? And so she was asking me to do all this stuff. But what I didn't realize is this person's videoing me. Yeah. This video will probably like pop out at some point in my lifetime. Oh, man. I'm hoping it will do the Kim Kardashian thing and make me slightly famous. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was. So the same things happened to me. Mate, that's mad, isn't it? Isn't it mad how many people? And it was like just before we were a bit more sort of literate about the internet. So it was kind of like. And also, it was kind of earlier in my career where I just kind of trusted everyone and I, I, I was just very naive. And yeah, it's exactly the same thing happened to me. But what the long story of it is, I then figured out that it was like a catfish and I was like, oh no, 
these photos or videos, whatever, are going to come out at some point. What am I going to do? So I thought, okay, what I'll do is I'll make a Edinburgh show about it. I'll make a whole comedy show about it. And then I'll try and figure it out and I'll investigate it and try and get to the end of it. Investigate it all, tried to get to the bottom of it, couldn't really find the real person. What I did find was the person whose photos they were using. And so it was a real Instagram profile from a person. So I went on and found the real person. Detective Domit. Detective Domit. <laughs> I found this person and I uh, messaged her and I was like, hey, do you realize that people, these, that these people are using your photos to sort of scam people? And she was like, yeah, I know. They keep on doing it. I keep trying to shut it down, but they keep coming back and setting it up again. And then I said, look, where, where do you live? Just out of interest, I feel like we should meet up and get a photo together and I'll send it to the scammers and be like, hey, I'm with the real you. Amazing. And uh, she was like, I live in Greenwich. And I, at the time I lived in Broccoli. So uh, I was literally, I don't know, a mile away from her. And so I was like, we have to meet up. We've lived so close. And so we met, I met up with the face. It's the face of the catfish, but not the catfish. <laughs> Amazing. And then we uh, had a photo together. We had a nice little meal. And then we ended up dating for a month. <laughs> That's crazy. There. And then the, the full story of it is that she was Russian. She was half Russian. L really lovely. And um, she eventually moved back to Russia. And when she moved back to Russia, we actually had Skype sex together. <laughs> so I actually ended up having... Skype sex with the real person. Like that is this that's the stupidity of you is that you've never learned. I never learned. I mean, yeah. Anyone else in their right mind would never go back and do <laughs> that, that again. <laughs> You're listening to Melvin Meets His Match, brought to you by Tinder. Photo verification lets you prove you're the person in your photos. When you see people on Tinder with a blue tick, it means they're the real deal. I always say to Joel uh, on social media, like, you two are like the perfect couple for me. Whenever I see you in person, like at shows and stuff, or on social media, you always look so happy. So I want to find out, what were those first dates like? So when, obviously, Hannah slid in your DMs, Joel, that first initial date, do you remember it? Oh my God, I remember it so well. It's like really genuinely well. I just remember being like, this is unbelievable. She was so beautiful and and the big thing that i remember from the first date is that she talked so much <laughs> like she talked so so much and but like i know that might sound like a bad thing but like in my head i was like this is so great it's like i talk for a living so it's like it was so nice to be able to just sit back and just like have this girl just talk and 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 really funny weird stuff i remember us going into like the oddest topics of conversation and i was just like really like oh this this is really an amazing combination someone who's so beautiful but also is not afraid to like look silly or be weird <laughs> we went to like this this members bar posh members bar in london very cool and then we went to this place called the duck and waffle which is the is at the top of this like tower called the heron tower just like a really massive skyscraper and um I i'd never been there before i don't think and uh it has this really amazing lift that goes up. And we went up and I had cocktails. It was beautiful. But I, I just remember not wanting the date to end because I was just like, this girl's amazing. And uh, 
And then we went on the lift on the way back down. I'm scared of heights. So I was, I, I lent in for a kiss because I wanted to lend in, lean in for a kiss. But also I was, I think I just wanted someone to hang on to because I was scared of heights going into the lift on the way down. <laughs> now, Hannah, what do you remember about that date that really impressed you about Joel that I could take onto my dates? <sighs> Long pause. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't I, don't rush yeah, yeah. with with all this. Sorry, I'm just putting the list together in my head. That's why it's <laughs> taking me a while. Um, what impressed me was, I guess, your forwardness because we did have a laugh and we it was good chat and that's something I will say. Like a lot of people say, Joel is is different in real life than he is on telly. There's definitely two sides of you. There's like on Joel and mm. then there's chilled Joel, mm. which is was nice to learn. I feel like you were quite genuinely yourself because maybe you were tired. You didn't feel the need to sort of be like a comedian maybe. Mm. So that was nice to get the real you. There was a few things that, i.e. like the catfish story, that I'd found out that day on a job about Joel. Like a friend had told you. Yeah, like someone on set had told me. And I obviously, it's not my place to ask Joel about that, but I was quite interested to know if he would bring that up on a first date. To me, that was sort of a little test that I had in my head to see how honest he was or open. And of course, that's a lot to share on a first date. But the fact that you did, that was like a nice little sort of win for you like a tick against your name also the fact that you did kiss me on that lift on the first day was like a good start because sometimes I think you can go on first dates not kiss it ends up going into like three dates and then you're just like you're just mates Mm. really like I think I think it's really important to sort of you know within reason have a first kiss pretty sort of the first two dates or so because that tells a lot about your chemistry Anyone can have a really lovely conversation and sort of, you know, if you're a nice enough person, you'll get on whatever you are doing, whatever, you know, sort of date scenario. But I think you do sort of have to kiss pretty early on to know if there's that spark. I think the timeline of when you when you kiss and when you have sex and when you do all that stuff, I think I think it's weirdly important. Do you have any rules about that, Melvin? It's funny because um, I've gone on dates and a lot of girls will say to me they refuse to kiss on a first date. And I'm all about feeling. I think if you feel that person and it's and you're in the moment, it it can happen. Mm. Obviously, it's not going to work for everyone. So I, I'm I'm a strong believer on chemistry. Yeah. But some people are like they will never kiss on a first date. So it's interesting to hear Hannah say that. You know, for her, it's, it's about getting it out of the way, kind of straight or like early on. And I think you view a person differently, like. I easily would say me and Joel were just having a little like job interview before you kissed me. <laughs> like, you are, you're trying to suss each other out. And then as soon as you kiss, you sort of view that person differently. Like you see a, a slight different side to them and, you know, all of the endorphins and the chemicals that happen when you kiss. I think that that is a big thing to play. It's really. like a job interview and then we kissed and then she immediately called HR. <laughs> she called HR and I was escorted from the building. <laughs> Um, it was it's I think it's really important like she says like it's uh, like we that that sometimes you can leave it too long and then you're just kind of like you're in no man's land a little bit with it and also I think there's sometimes you just leave it too long there's too much pressure on it because then you just like I think that's the the same with 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 kissing is, is for sex and I think often sometimes you could not kiss right at all 
And then when you don't kiss, because I always think like if you don't kiss right, mm. generally it means that there's not really the right connection and the sex is probably not going to work out too. So it's kind of like, it's just important to take those steps in the right thing and not leave it too long, but also not do it too early. I once dated this beautiful guy. I can't give too much of a description just in case it gets out, but... In case he's listening. <laughs> you <Yeah>. never know. <laughs> can't even say nationalities or anything. Beautiful it guy. Get Puerto but... Rican. Hair down to here. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I was really... First mark here. First mark here. His name <laughs> rhymed with meter. <laughs> I really was into him and I was really excited. And so I thought... <laughs> I couldn't believe my luck, basically. So I just held off, like, going to the next level with him for quite some time, and we'd just do loads of lunches and really get to know each other. Like, I even spoke to his parents over FaceTime, and and it was, like, that sort of connection. And then we did eventually sleep together, and I was a little bit disappointed. Wow. What do you do then? (sighs) Can you teach someone to be better in bed is the question. That's a good question. I think whether they are open to be taught is another thing because I think he very much knew the situation he was in, but he just sort of was like, that's me, take it or leave it. And I don't know, maybe there wasn't enough there to let to allow that to go any further. But uh, I kind of also think that like you, there is people who are like good at it and bad at it. But yeah. also I think there's people who are good for each other and bad yeah. for each other. So it's like, I think like everyone's got a match. Yeah. You two are, you obviously know what you're doing. You've been married for a while now and it looks like it's going very well. How did you know, A, because this is the question I'd like to know, how did you know that you were right for each other and how did you know that things were clicking? It's, um, it kind of keeps developing, I suppose, because like every point in your relationship you think you know each other, a year down the line, you realise that a year ago you didn't know each other at all. It, like, I asked Hannah to marry me. We'd been together a year. It was on our year anniversary. Stupid, man. Man. <laughs> Stupid. Like, ridiculous. I don't know. Too early. Not, I, obviously, I knew... That's the weird thing, because on paper, if, if anyone had said to me, you're going to get engaged to a guy you've known for a year, and half of that year, we weren't even in the same country. Mm. Wow, it was a year. A year. Yeah. Wow. So, I think, in hindsight, I did say to you the other day, didn't I? I was like, if I knew what I knew now, would I have said yes back then? It's weird, isn't it? Like, I, I genuinely think... We didn't think know each other. We just did not know each other. We, we thought we knew each other. We really thought we did. Mm-hmm. And, like, because obviously I wouldn't have asked the question if I didn't think we, we knew each other. But, like, we... Especially this year, when we get get married, even when we got married, we were like, we thought we knew each other. And then you go into lockdown where you have basically two years stuck inside together and you just learn an entirely different side of each other that we just did not know at all in a good way and com- just a completely different way where I think previously, before we even got married, we were just so all over the place. We were working all the time, didn't really... We saw each other enough, but it was like... We were just... Like, one person would be here, like ships passing in the night almost. Mm. And then... um and it, and then and then we had this lockdown and we just sort of had to learn to sort of be still with each other for a, a while and that just we just I feel like then we'd learn so much about each other again. I think the biggest thing about it is keeping respect for each other. That's something that I think you know you're gonna like Joel says you're still gonna have hiccups and arguments, but it's finding someone who 
counterbalances your argument correctly because I've definitely been in relationships before where you know, I don't mind a bit of drama, but then you meet someone that also likes a bit of drama and that's too much. Whereas mm-hmm. Joel is so chilled and sort of diffuses it and you're more sort of analytical. So I'm the one that brings the like drama to it. And Joel's like, yeah, but why are you crying, Hannah? But why are you like... And I'm like, this is more annoying. It's but so annoying. It balances it out. So I think it's definitely finding that balance and and keeping the respect for each other because I think that that's in previous relationships. I sort of checked out after a year and that's again why I was nervous with us getting engaged so early on because all of my relationships started going downhill after a year because you'd sort of had that first Christmas, had that first birthday and that first holiday and stuff and then you were just copy and pasting it and that's when the real test comes in because anyone can have a great first holiday and the great, you know, all of those celebrations that you do but it's the longevity of it and trying to keep it spicy I always say it's like keeping each other interested and like making an effort you really have to make an effort like I'm you know watching Love Island now and they're all doing lap dances for each other I'm like Jesus Christ I haven't done a lap dance in five years I don't even think I've ever done one well let's do it tonight (laughs) you do have to like keep it up it's hard it's not it's not hard for me to keep it up yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going there. But So do you think that the lockdown helped your relationship then? I think it did. I think it definitely took it in a different way. I think the case for a lot of people is that it sort of either made it or ruined it. You know, and loads of people broke up with their girlfriends and, and husbands and wives in lockdown. And similarly, I think it, it sort of made a lot of relationships and solidified what we had. And um, I think that was the big thing. We sort of learned that we can be still together at like literally being still together and sit there and sort of just enjoy each other's conversation. Definitely. Now, Joe, I want to talk about your book that came out in uh, 2018. It's not me, it's them, Confessions of a Hopeless Modern Romantic. Now, I haven't read it yet because I mainly use books for decoration on <laughs> coffee tables. But is there anything from that book that you could maybe pass on to me that might be useful or important to me? It was actually just a really interesting uh process writing it really because i decided to write this book about all of my past relationships and sexual experiences and weird experiences that i'd had sort of dating and bring it all back around and then i i needed sort of a structure for the book so i thought i would structure it all as if it was all within the first date with hannah and i was telling her about all of these first dates because at the time when i was writing the book i'd met hannah And basically, that was what our relationship was. It was like the first time I'd been in a relationship where where I was really honest. And we just told each other everything. And I was like, oh, my God, it's so liberating to to be able to just have no secrets at all. And so I thought, I'm just going to write that in the book and then have the whole book be me telling Hannah all of these experiences throughout the entire book on our first date. And then uh, the end of the book is uh, me proposing to Hannah. I decided to make the end of the book me proposing that's so smooth it was pretty good because i was also like i was like i need an ending for the book Such and, but i also want to ask her to marry me so it was <laughs> uh it sort of solved two issues i literally <laughs> said yes of course and then i went hang on a minute if i said no what would you do i was yeah. like is this for book sales and he was like kind of and i was like well if i said no what would happen he was like oh, i'll just write another book <laughs> cheers 
when we first started dating. Obviously, you guys know how many things you go to and events and parties. And, and I'd meet girls in rooms and I'd have a great conversation with them. Like, oh my God, they're so nice. That girl over there, she's so nice. And Joel would be like, um, yeah, I should probably tell you I slept with her. I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm not even joking. It happened so many times. Like everyone I was gravitating towards in a room, like lovely individuals. I was like, Jesus Christ, Joel, like what life have you led? And then once, once did we end up in a lift with a guy that once possibly mentioned he'd liked me not we hadn't even kissed or anything jo that was it Joel was like can't believe it can't believe it <laughs> can't believe it like it does it, I mean it probably didn't help that he was like a, like a very handsome model five beautiful model <laughs> the um but I was like you've literally it's happened honestly I think about so eight times. times eight yeah. times and I said I think we've got to stop going to parties but, because because like it, I'm fre I'm friends with basically everyone I've ever had exes. sex with, all my exes, because I I've, I never really leave anything on a bad note. Really, it's usually just a mutual like. Let's, I think it's best we not do this anymore. And it's like I, I was never really a sort of one night standy person. It was usually sort of we would date for a bit, and the industry that we're in, it's quite a small industry relatively, and so. You know, usually I would date people in our industry for a little bit. And um, and so, yeah, I just inevitably we're going to meet at some point. And then then I just go, oh, yeah, sorry to let you know that. Uh... But like I'm not friends with any of my exes. And this was definitely something that came up because I very much found out that Joel was and they are still part of our like circles here and there. And I, I get it. It's different for you guys being in that world. You have to be sort of nice and polite. But I just don't. I never understood it. Like, that's in my past. I don't want to be your friend. It didn't work out. We've got nothing in common. I think it's sort of unfair on Joel to bring that into our relationship. I don't need anything from those people. That was a moment. We're done. That's interesting that Hannah doesn't speak to any exes and, and Joel speaks to all of his exes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I would like to know is, has Hannah become friends with any of your exes? Not really, no. I mean, we're not we not friends. We're not not friends. It's like, it's, uh, yeah, it's... it's acquaintances it's... and exes are very different things, remember, as well. Yeah. Joel's had a lot of acquaintances. Yeah. <laughs> acquaintances is a nice way of putting it. All right, we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on for yes. your sake, Joel. <laughs> now I'm going to move on to a section of the podcast that I like to call... Moments Dance O'Doom! Now, this is where I talk about a dating dilemma or a disaster that's happened to me. These are real life stories. And I find out from you guys how you deal with this situation. All right. Mm -hmm. I moved to this area about, let's say, seven years ago. And it's a really quiet area. A lot of families on my road. And I was dating someone at the time. And I got on my train to work. This is when I was working at KISS. And there was a dad that I used to see like driving down my road he was on my train that day and he was like oh you're you're that dj off the radio aren't you and i was like yeah and um he goes um you might want to close your windows mate and i was like what and he goes close your windows and i was like why he goes i heard you having sex <gasps> wow <laughs> right? so apparently he walked past my house with his son and heard me making love to the person I was dating. Now, I remember around that time, the person I was dating was very, very vocal. Like, she would talk about every last thing that was happening. There was a lot of 
swear words and stuff. And obviously it gets hot. Talking you through it like an audiobook. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, it, was a, it was a combination of embarrassment and pride on this train. <laughs> <laughs> because part of me was like, I, I can't see this guy anymore. And then part of me was like, I'm, I'm quite happy with what I've done in my bedroom. Yeah. But if you were in this situation, let's say it's you guys and a neighbor saw you at a party or on the train and they were like, you need to close your windows. You're a little bit loud. How would you deal with that situation? Well, I guess we're sort of in a similar situation where we're the youngest on our street. Like we've moved to a quieter area and out of London now too. So I think, I think people, when we rocked up, were sort of more concerned that we would be having like wild celebrity parties and all of that stuff. Whereas in reality, we're always we're so knackered. Ones. We're the quietest <laughs> ones. There's more chance of our, our elderly neighbours being caught having sex than us. us yeah. But we do consciously close windows. Close close all the windows. Serious? Yeah. It doesn't matter how hot the day is. No. I will, I make Hannah go around and be like, make sure that like, I completely ruin the mood. <laughs> I like ruin the mood. Like we're, it's just about to happen. It's all very exciting. And then I'm just like, Hannah, close all of the doors and windows. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody must so hear what's got... about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a completely sealed room. Completely sealed room. We, it's just not worth it, is it? Like the, we, how expensive it is to move. We just couldn't <laughs> afford yeah. to move. It's, it's worth getting up, closing the windows. Exactly. And then, but I don't know. Do you think? Do you think our neighbours would tell us if they heard? No, definitely record it and send it to the send Daily it. Mail. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'd make a bit of money as well if yeah. it was me. Oh, I don't know what. I don't know what advice to. To give, I, I, part of me thinks lean into it and, you know, open the doors wider, you know, go for it. Don't even shut the door. Just leave, <laughs> leave all the windows and doors open and just have sex in the hallway in full view. Um, I think also maybe you sparked that, you know, birds and the bees conversation that needed mm, to be told. Mm. Daddy, what's going on? Yeah. Maybe that sort of was a good opener. Yeah, I don't know what he said to his son. Yeah, maybe maybe the real educational yeah. thing. It's like, you know, maybe that they're learning about, you know, now maybe they've learned about contraception and, you know, all of that stuff. And uh, maybe they didn't know about that before. It's so. also like really brave of that guy to come up to you and say mm -hmm. that because what is the outcome of that it's already happened mm -hmm. so it's either like he's giving you a pat on the back or he's jealous i i personally think he he seemed like you know that funny dad yeah, yeah. like he i think he uh, like he went straight home to the missus was like guess who i saw on the train yeah and guess what i said like he was very proud about but it's so funny me. that he would come up to you and say that because if anything he should go around telling all of his mates yeah and go like oh my god you never guess what that guy off kiss yeah he definitely told all of his mates <laughs> yeah he definitely told but all it's his so mates. brave to come up to someone face to face <laughs> i know i know it was it was embarrassing but also quite, you know, a proud moment for me. Yeah, well, at least you were, you know, it wasn't, he, he didn't come up to you and be like, oh yeah, I heard you apologising after sex the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
Now, um, you guys have also got your your own amazing podcast, Never Have I Ever, uh, which I love. But I want to play my own dating-themed version of your, your game, right? Yes. So I'm going to ask you some dating-related questions. And if you've never done them, you don't need to say a word. But if you have, you need to share that story, all right? Okay. All right, so first question. Never have I ever been on a date with two different people on the same night? Oh, a same day I have. It Wasn't it our first date? No way. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. So, and I sussed it out, detective. With Instagram Thank God for tagging. Instagram. <laughs> so Joel offered, he was like, oh, I'm free. This was our first date. I'm free on Wednesday. And I was like, no, I'll do Thursday though because I also wanted to look a little bit unavailable. So I knew that he was free on a Wednesday. And, you know, the glory of Instagram, you can find people. So I went on Joel's. I'm not psycho, she says, as a psycho. (laughs) I just thought, what is this guy doing? He's been on a reality show. He's got a lot of, like, you know, interest. He's out, out. So I went on Joel's tagged pictures on Instagram on that Wednesday night that I was supposed to meet up with him and saw that he was at Winter Wonderland and you do not go to Winter Wonderland with mates. You go on a date. And so six months into our relationship, I said, what did you do that Wednesday night? And he was with his ex-girlfriend. My ex. No way. So that was the last night that she was in the country before she moved to another country. So we spent that night together. That's what she told you. That's what she told me. <laughs> it was it was like the best closure that we could have had because we like we basically just like put a full stop in it. We knew that that was like our last time to hang out, and then Love the next other. day it was like it was honestly quite profound in a weird way. It was like one chapter being closed that night, and then the next chapter being open with because like that was something I, I do really remember liked. saying. Did you shower? <laughs> Did you? I definitely showered. <laughs> oh my god. You know what, Joe? You got out of that one so smoothly. Do you like? Do you like that? The whole chapter yeah, yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. the, the, the metaphor whole closure. about books. Yes. Using yeah. the word closure. Uh, I'm write that down. Mm. Write that one down. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next question. Never have I ever been attracted to a panda. Oh, yeah, I certainly have. I certainly have. Mars Singer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Talk to us. So Mars Singer, I, uh, <laughs> I like, I fancy Natalie and Brulia so much. Openly talks about it. Like we say, you know, hall pass, who would it be? Joel's is Natalie Imbruglia. Mine is Adam Levine or Ryan Reynolds. I've got two because the chances of either are happening is very slim. Mm. (laughs) And we thought it was very slim, the chances of me meeting Natalie Imbruglia. Turns out she won the Masked Singer Series 3. So it's like, and I didn't know it was her until we literally were about to reveal and I was suddenly like, oh my God, it's Natalie Bruley. Oh my God. Well, it was more me in the wings because I always go to the final record because it's a fun one and there was like mutterings going on that it could be Natalie Bruley, and I was freaking out because I've basically said to Joel, if that ever happens, same with me and that opportunity, go for it. You'd be mad not to. But like, it's not a real thing. And like, and like I love that you thought that I had such a lack of respect for you that I would reveal no. Natalie and Brulia and be like, sorry, I'll be back in 10. No, but also it's the fact that we were like just assuming that she'd be into you. Yeah. <laughs> she might be. She might, I'd take the whole part. Hey. Oh, hey. man. It's, but she, I, I must say, she is the loveliest human being. So lovely. And she was so good on the show. And All she right, was Joel. just brilliant. Right. And, you know, 
And she's okay. absolutely Next bloody question. wonderful. She's wonderful. She's wonderful. I love you, Natalie. I love you. Next question. I love you. <laughs> well, guys, I feel like I've learned so much from you both. Even if I get half as good, uh, you know, a couple or relationship as you, then I think I've done very, very well in my relationship. Thank you so much, Joel and Hannah. It's always a pleasure to speak always to you, man. I think you're a lovely human being and you deserve the world. We'll put you on our list. We've got a list on our notes on our phone of single girls and single guys. Yeah. And at, eventually they'll start to like match yeah. up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Add me to the list. Um, can I, you're Guess on the list, list, man. You're on the list. <laughs> it's an exclusive list. Amazing. Guys, that was amazing. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Love you, man. So we've reached the point of the podcast where it's time to reflect on what I've learned. Protecting yourself online is important. So if you've got any doubts about who you're speaking to, it's okay to bring the conversation to an end. There's no right or wrong time to start showing affection when dating. So do what's right for you. And if your neighbor hears your lovemaking, you don't have to hide from it. Maybe just open some windows and doors and embrace it. Oh yeah. Coming up next week on the podcast is Vicky Patterson. Everyone's had this advice. It's like, oh, you need some time to be on your own. You need to work out what you want. You need to heal. Like, fuck off. You've been listening to Melvin Meets His Match, brought to you by Tinder. Make sure you hit that follow button so you don't miss out. And I'll see you next time. Sink clap.